Welcome to the Geek's Geek Podcast, where BJ is still absent, and I thought of something to drop in the feed, so here I am this week. Even though we thought it might be the first hiatus week ever, uh, I thought of something. So, I don't have a full episode. I don't even have much geekery this week, because it was a long week and there was a lot going on. But I decided I'm going to do a feed drop. So, I know you guys have listened to me talk about Disney Forever a little bit when we started the show, and also at the sign-off of every episode. Um, I thought this would be a good chance to just drop an episode or two in here so you guys can actually hear it if you haven't before. So Disney Forever is the podcast where Katie and I, Katie also from the Geek to Geek Podcast Network, uh, we watch a, mo- a Disney movie every week and record an episode about it, and we aim for a shorter-form pod- podcast. It's like, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, sometimes 25 at the outer edge, so shorter than this podcast. And it's really like our reaction to Disney movies, and our goal is to work our way through all of them. Um, so that's kind of the premise. So I think what I'm going to do here is I'm going to drop in our episode zero, which really explains the podcast and gives you an intro to us. I mean, you guys know me by now, probably, but Katie, if you've never heard Katie before, um, and then I'm going to pick one of the episodes. I'll talk to Katie and pick one of the ones that we enjoyed the most for like the end product of what the episode was, and I'll drop that right after it. So here you go. This is me being done uh, on the Geek Geek podcast for the week, but here is the feed drop for Disney Forever. This is Disney Forever. Welcome to our perpetual Disney movie investigation podcast. Normally, this is where Katie would have a pull quote, but we don't actually have a movie today. So today's feature presentation is just us. We kind of want to talk about what the podcast is and what we're trying to do here. Right, Katie? Yes. Yes. Very well said. Um, So what even is the podcast? Um, We want to do Disney movie podcast because... There's so many Disney movies out there, and this was really kind of inspired by Disney Plus coming out because we're diving into this huge back catalog, and at the same time, we can keep up with modern movies too, but Disney Plus is, it. they have so many things there, and they're adding more and more. It looks like sometime in the next year or two, basically, like everything Disney will be on there, and then everything going forward will be on there too, and you know, when we're doing this, we wanted to do a variety of mixing it up between modern movies and like going way back to the beginning and kind of doing some contrasting, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. So that's what we're doing is we'll watch like, um, cause maybe they'll have like different versions of the same movie, like a live action version versus an animated version that came out at very different times. So you'll see the difference between them and the similarities. And we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Kind of thing. And, like, the vault is finally dead. That was always, like, a holdup with Disney content, right? They had the Disney vault and things would only come out so often. That's dead, mostly. Like, they're kind of rolling everything out slowly to Disney+, Plus, but it'll all be there soon. And it it's just, it's a good opportunity to kick this off because suddenly Disney Plus is very easy to access all of Disney's, well, most of Disney's back catalog, and everybody can get it. It's really easy to go do that. So one of the reasons that, like, I wanted to do this podcast was I thought it'd be fun to do this with Katie but also like personally I will go weeks or months without watching like TV or movies and I realized that a good movie or even a bad movie but a movie helps me get out of my like constant productivity work mode that I'm always in and it gives me an excuse to watch something like this podcast will give me an excuse to watch something every week and just kind of make me disconnect and have to engage with a narrative that's in front of me so I'm looking forward to that but Katie, why are you here? Tell me about you and Disney and why you decided to do this with me. Um, well, I, in general, like watching movies. Um, and I also really like Disney movies 
because like I mean you and I both grew up with Disney like it's at this point everyone grew up with Disney in some way shape or form um but this app gives us access to movies that were super hard to get our hands on like I love the Disney Channel original movies which are nearly impossible to find anywhere so but now they're all on the Disney Plus app so now I can watch every single Disney Channel original movie because how many times can I watch Xenon a lot I tell you a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. So, I want to give you a little bit about who we are and like what we're bringing to the table, where we're coming from. So, Katie, give us a little bit about your background here. Okay. Well, I have another podcast. Um, I bet I podcast with my best friend, uh, Chelsea, and we have a podcast called Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, which is part of the network that this podcast is also on. Um, she and I kind of use our podcast as a way to make sure that we're talking. We see. Like, cause we use Skype so we can like video chat with each other at least once a week because she lives in Ireland and has for the last like two and a half years. So we like started the podcast and then she got married and moved. So that was fun. You could listen to our backlog and watch that transition. It's kind of a mess. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I've been doing. So I've been podcasting for like three years or something. Um, also I'm bringing eight years of experience of having worked at Disneyland. So I am a Disney kid through and through, obviously, because I worked there for so long. I used to work in a Fantasyland attraction, so I was like a ride operator. This is actually super relevant to all the things. I love that you have this in your background. Uh, That I worked at Disneyland? Yeah, that's great. I mean, you're like, you were immersed in Disney for almost a decade. Like, that's huge. It's it's kind of scary to think that it's such a big part of my life because I, I graduated from high school and then I started college, got a job at Disneyland, worked there for about six months, quit, uh, changed my major in school, rehired six, less than six months later, and then I worked there until I went to grad school in another state. Wow. Yeah, that was my life. Um, but I do have a master's degree in psychology and I actually used my experience having worked at Disneyland as part of coming up with the idea for my thesis because I wrote my thesis about customer service employees and how they deal with rude customers because shocking Disneyland gets a lot of them yeah that's not surprising no um but now I don't even work in a psychology field I work at a tech startup as a quality assurance lead (laughs) and that's where I've been for the last what three years or something yeah, something like that. And yeah. give everybody a little bit of your areas of geekery. What are you doing when you're not talking about Disney on this podcast? Um, well, I'm super into K-pop. Got into it about a year ago. And Chelsea and I, it's one of the things that Chelsea and I share a lot. I mean, we share a lot of things, but this is something that we sort of got into together at the same time, which was really exciting. Um, I watch a lot of movies. I go to a lot of concerts, which was shocking to a lot of people. And also the fact that I went to 20 concerts in 2019, which to me is way more than I've been to in the last like decade. So yikes. Yeah, it's <laughs> a, a lot, lot of money. It's a lot of money and a lot of screaming people, to be honest. But hey, if you love um, it, you love it. No, I do. I love it a lot. And I had a lot of fun this year going to that many, especially because my goal was to go to 10 and I went to 20. So I like doubled my goal. Um, I read a lot of young adult fan, uh, young, young adult fiction. Not I also read fan fiction, but I also read young adult fiction um, novels because I just really like them a lot. Um, I watch a lot of TV shows. I'm super into Harry Potter. I consider that to be my gateway fandom that really got me into the geek life which is harry potter um i go and see musicals as often as i can i've seen phantom of the opera eight times which is excessive but it's my favorite show (laughs) um and then i like art like i go to museums i take pictures i've 
painted two paintings before, but I did it at like one of those wine and paint things. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever been. Yeah, yeah. So I have two paintings and I'm actually not bad at it. So sweet. That's awesome. Um, I am also coming from podcasting. So we've been podcasting about like geekery and stuff around geekiness for almost five years now on the Geek to Geek podcast with uh, BJ Keaton. He's my co-host. And we accidentally founded kind of a podcast now media collective network type of thing where none of us who are in this are in it for the money. It's really just a bunch of people who like to talk and are trying to build a community of people who like geeking out about things. And what we found is like, and the reason that we started podcasting with the Geek to Geek podcast years ago was that everybody has something that they geek out about, right? And there's the stereotypical stuff, which honestly, most of mine, which I'll talk about here in a minute, fall into that stereotypical category of geekery. But like, you can geek out about whatever. You can geek out about, you know, plants or guinea pigs or, you know, concerts. Like, it can be anything, but everybody has something that they geek out about, right? Like woodworking Mm -hmm. or motors. Like, everyone has something. And so we just try to encourage people to come together as a community and like have this collective space where people can geek out together and be supportive. So that's really what we've been trying to build as a community. And that's what the network is all about. So this podcast is part of the Geek Geek Podcast Network, Media Network, whatever it is these days, but the network. Um, And like I said, I was one of the co-founders of that. Beyond that, um, I also have a production background. So for over a decade of my life, I was working in TV and film and mostly TV. Um, It was a lot of live production that I did. I also did a bunch of scripted work. I was a full-time video editor for a few years. Um, I did... Uh, some film work in there here and there so I kind of lived that life for a good decade until I my kids started getting older and I kind of wanted something more stable and I was I don't know I wanted to change it up a little bit so I ended up taking all my production background and kind of moving over to marketing so I I did a little bit of development work and now I'm kind of in this like digital marketing uh, production I do I do a little bit of all of it Um, but I'm not full-time production anymore but I definitely have that part of my brain that when I'm watching a movie, sometimes I go into like analysis mode and I start thinking about all the component parts and what was put together in it. So I think that's something that I definitely bring to this podcast. Uh, my areas of geekery, like I said, I'm kind of more stereotypical here than you are. You know, I, I geek out about video games, board games, books, movies, Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Like, I, I will dive deep on Star Wars. I listen to a ton of podcasts. Um, I do a little bit of running, you know, not like super hardcore marathons or anything, but I do like to go running and I should do more of that. It's one of my lighter areas of geekery. And then media. Like, I'm just a huge student of media in general. Like I will talk to you about media and the role that media plays and do a deep dive on that any day of the week. Like I love that kind of thing. You would have loved a class I took in grad school. Like it was about, um, we did deep dive on media on different types of media and we'd spend a week every week going over a different form of media. So like either a TV show, a movie, a form of content talking about it. I took the class because I knew we were going to talk about the OC the TV show, The OC, we were going to spend a week on it. And then we like talked about reality TV and stuff. It was like, it was media criticisms. Like that's awesome. Really? It was a really great, it was one of my favorite classes that I got to take outside of my major. Yeah. Just wanted, like that's the kind of stuff. Like I love, I love that kind of stuff. Um, 
So we're both definitely coming from different places, but I think we're both bringing something to the podcast. And we've kind of been looking for an excuse to record something together, to just do a podcast together. So our aim here is to do a shorter form podcast because both of us have longer form ones that we do every week or two. And so those take up a lot of time. Really, our goal here is probably like 20 or 30 minute episodes. So it's really digestible and it doesn't take you super long. So that's what we're going to aim for as we do these. Um before we kind of wrap up this first episode zero, we did want to say what our history is with Disney specifically. And I feel like you have the better history here because you worked at Disneyland. But why don't you run through it really quick? Um, well, like I mentioned before, Andy mentioned that I'm a veteran of the happiest place on Earth. Worked there for a long time. And uh, if we ever do an episode where we talk about like all the things that I learned while working there, because I have a lot of like fun facts because I took a whole class where we did nothing but talk about the history of Disneyland and like walk around the park and talk about how he integrated his background in movies and film uh, into the park. And so if we ever do an episode where we go over that, I will be happy to share all of my random knowledge. That would be sweet. I'm all for that. Okay. Well, um, future episode people. (laughs) Um, I grew up watching Disney movies. They've been a part of my life forever. And um, I'm from Southern California. uh, So I grew up with Disney in my backyard like with Disneyland in my backyard. I mean, I didn't live super close, but it was close enough to drive to. Like, I still remember the very first time I ever went to Disneyland. Um, And I was an annual pass holder growing up. So like my parents, like through my childhood, through my teenage years, um, my parents would buy us annual passes. So sometimes on minimum days from school, we would go to Disneyland like after school or we'd skip a day of school and go to Disneyland. Like that was a big part. That's been a big part of my life, pretty much my entire life. Like even now that I don't work there, I still go to Disneyland as frequently as possible because I worked there for so long. I still know people and all my family, except for my parents have worked at Disneyland at this point. So wow, that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of Disney. Yeah. What about you? Um, so I think something from both of us is that we're like 90s kids. Like we were born in the mid-ish 80s, but we grew up in the 90s, right? So we were growing up mm-hmm. a- along like 90s area era Disney. And it's like it's when they were having that Disney uh, renaissance, right? Like Little Mermaid kicked it off. But it's all those like movies that in my mind are that golden age. It was like Aladdin and the Lion King and Mulan and, you know, all of those in there, like you and I grew up alongside those. So that's kind of where we're coming from. Um, You know, me, I never actually have been to Disneyland, but I used to go to Disney World when I was a kid. My grandparents lived close to it um, when they wintered in Florida because I live in Minnesota. And once people get old enough to retire here, they turn into what we call snowbirds, where they live here when it's nice here and then they go live somewhere warm in the winter. So my grandparents (laughs) lived in Florida in, in the winter um so we would go out there and they were close enough to disney world that i went there a ton as a kid so i have great memories of that beyond that i think it's just like disney is ever present in our media and in our media lives and like all the areas that our lives intersect with media and like i said i'm a huge student of media so i wanted to explore that more um which is kind of like another reason that i want to do this podcast and the other thing that i feel like is relevant here with my history with Disney is that I kind of have a perspective now on three generations of it. I have my parents because I've talked to my mom about Disney and I'm sure once these episodes start coming out, she will listen to them because that's the kind of mom she is. Um, And 
you know, she has a really interesting perspective on Disney from the 50s and 60s and 70s. And I mean, all the way through today. But right. Like her childhood was childhood was like 50s and 60s. Um, whereas me, you know, it was more like the late 80s and then 90s and early 2000s. And now I have kids like I have kids that they're approaching 10 years old. So they grew up in the 2010s alongside Disney. So it's like I have these three generations of Disney in my life in different areas of my family and all of us grew up alongside Disney but in different ways and with different eras of Disney so I thought that was something really interesting too that will kind of play a part here mm-hmm. I mean yeah and now we can watch all those movies too from all those different eras that maybe we didn't have access to before yeah exactly so hopefully you guys will watch along sometimes but I don't think it's going to be required I think a lot of it is going to be our reactions we want to make sure that we talk about any moments that we want to pull out from the films and then talk about like what was bad in the film especially as we go back in the Disney catalog there's a lot of questionable things so we want to make sure to call that out and then we also want to end with the good like one of the things is we don't want to just be a movie criticism podcast Um, that's not what we're here for neither of us are like professional critics right this is more of it gives us an excuse to watch Disney and talk about it with people. And there's got to be something good in every one of these movies. So we're going to find it. We're going to find something good and make sure that we call that out at some point in the episode. Um, yeah, but that's that's the goal. I think that's the podcast in a nutshell. Is there anything else that I missed, Katie? No, I think you pretty much covered everything that we're going to be talking about throughout <laughs> these episodes. OK, sweet. Um Pretty soon, we'll probably have a way you can support the podcast. Look around for it in a more recent episode because we don't have it yet, but it might be Patreon. We'll see what happens. We will also have an email address soon and a Twitter and maybe other places. None of those are set up at the moment, but there's a couple places they can find us right away. Right, Katie? You can find us at geek2geekmedia.com, and you can also talk to us in real time if you want to on our Slack workspace or our Discord server, and we're going to include those invite links on that website I just gave you. Yep, you guys can go there. Um, I also blog at acornmushroom.com or you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm super active on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me at Lady Catherine P. I talk about cats, K pop, and coffee because those are the things I like. Yeah, this has been the very first episode zero Disney Forever podcast with Katie and Void. We'll be back next week as long as Disney keeps making content, which can't be forever, right? Oh, it's going to be forever. We're going to be old still doing this podcast. This is Disney Forever. Welcome to our perpetual Disney movie investigation podcast. I'm Void and I'm here with my co-host Katie, who has amazing pull quotes like this. I'd like to turn her into a fat old hop toad. <laughs> Today's feature presentation is Sleeping Beauty. And what what even is Sleeping Beauty, Katie? I just put Prince Philip. Yeah. That's all that matters to me. Yeah, he's the the key to this for you. I I did a little bit of research into Sleeping Beauty um, just for some historical context, because this movie's from 1959. So it's a 1959 film about, you know, I would say just a very tired girl. And that's how we can be reductionist about it. But no, it's actually um, it's it's kind of an interesting spot in Disney history because this movie had a couple firsts and a couple lasts about it. So like this was the last Disney adaptation of a fairy tale for 
30 years until The Little Mermaid came out in 1989 because when it hit box office, it didn't get great reception. It got some mixed reception and then it just didn't do well at the box office. So Disney backed off from like the fairy tale animation stuff for 30 years. Like that's a big reaction to how this movie did. Interesting. I had no idea that this was the last animated like adaptation of a fairy tale and like until The Little Mermaid. I had no idea. I'm learning yeah. things. Yeah, me too. That's why we're doing this, right? Um, and then it's also the first Disney film or the first Disney like movie to use this new background material that they ended up using for animation. And one of my notes later on in here is that like the backgrounds in this look amazing. They look like so crisp and they just like they fit the image so much better than some of the earlier stuff. And I have to believe that some of that is part of like them changing over to this new background material thing that they went with. Um, so that was kind of interesting for me to find too. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you about is that like, there's different castles at all the Disney parks. You're going to know this way better than I am, but sleeping beauty's castle is one of them, right? Yeah. So, um, sleeping beauty's castle is the castle at Disneyland and at, I want to say it's Disney Paris, but I'm probably wrong. No, that's right. That's right. Disney Paris. Um, and then Cinderella's castle is Walt Disney World. Yeah. Every every Disney park has a different castle, but there are some parks that have the same castle. Okay. But Sleeping Beauty is one or two of them, right? Yeah. It's definitely like at Disneyland, it's definitely Sleeping Beauty's castle. You can actually go inside the castle. So there's like a castle walkthrough that actually tells the story of Sleeping Beauty. As you walk oh, that's it. cool. I didn't know that. That's sweet. Yeah. And then you said there's some boats named after things from this movie, too. Yeah. So um, they use so Maleficent is kind of a focal point. She's like the main villain in Fantasmic, which is a show that they do at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World on for a Disneyland. It's at the waters of uh, the rivers of America in uh, New Orleans Square. And they use Maleficent and then the dragon also. Like, they have a big dragon. Well, they used to. I don't know if they do anymore because they keep changing the show and I haven't seen it in a long time. But they used to have a big dragon that blows fire and lights the rivers of America on fire, which is really cool. Cool. That's awesome. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's Sleeping Beauty. I feel like most people know the gist of the story. You know, there's a girl. She gets cursed. She's going to die or fall asleep or something like that. And there's some fairies that get in the mix. You know, in the end, it's really it's like a very stereotypical um, princess damsel in distress type of movie. And this is where a lot of the tropes come from or some of the tropes that already existed get doubled down on in this one. So what do you think, like, from a high level about this one? Uh, Prince Philip. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's just a running thing for me. No, he's my favorite prince. So I just like that's why that's part of the reason I really like this movie. But um, the storyline for me, at least in this movie, moved a lot faster than it did in Snow White. Like Snow White was just super long and just just too long. Yeah, I agree. Um, I didn't fall asleep, which is a plus. Uh, <laughs> that's how you know faster. it's really good. Yeah. Um, but for me, there was like. I guess like a lot of there was like a lot of tropes in it, but also we got to see a lot of really weird decisions made by like these supposed important people in this film. Oh, yeah. Like, like the king, like the decisions he made weren't really great. And then the decisions the fairies were making weren't really great. And it's like a typical another like damsel in distress, knight in shining armor. 
but kind it's of film. not. It's not a knight in shining armor. He is I know. a. We had this discussion. This is the thing, guys. He has no shining armor. He has a sword and a shield, and they are shiny. So if we give him that, then he is a knight in shining accessories and nothing more. <laughs> it's very important that we make that distinction right now. <laughs> So like that was my favorite thing that you texted me while you were watching this movie. You were because I, I said a knight in shining armor, and he was like, "No, he's a knight in shining accessories." He doesn't have any shining armor. He's just like wearing a shirt. He, his accessories are shiny, though. Yes, he gets the sword of truth and the shield of something. I yeah, don't know. some something something like that. Yeah, and they're sassy fairies. I really really love Flora, Fauna, and Merryweather like a lot. Yeah, I didn't remember that those were from this movie. I think I've seen this once, but it was like a really long time ago. Um, I think I've seen it. But this is another one like Snow White where it's just like I don't really have much memory of it. So I was kind of coming to it fresh. You know, I I liked it better than Snow White a lot. I'm glad that we did these two kind of back to back because it was really good context to see how much they had improved in between. Um, And like as soon as I saw the first, I don't know, two, three minutes of this movie, it's like the animation technique and the music are just instantly so much better than Snow White. They've made so many like leaps and bounds of improvements. And they were doing a lot of things with the animation too, with the perspective that was just taking it to a whole other level compared to the stuff that we had just watched, which was granted, you know, there's 20 years in between here. So they've had time, but there's a lot of perspective between the backgrounds and the foregrounds and like um, all of the things that are animated to really give you a sense of depth and space to a lot of it you know there's like this depth in the forest but there's also depth and um a a feeling of just a lot of space in like the throne room and the castle and stuff so i thought that was really really well done and the other thing that i walked away from this one realizing is that king stefan is the real villain in this movie (laughs) what it's true he's not okay we'll get to it so i will come back to that in a second um you want to get into some of the moments? There's a lot of moments in this movie to talk about. Yes. Okay. Um, the, like, uh, so I, we mentioned it in the Snow White episode. Is that the film opens with a storybook with the title of the movie on it, with some yes, with a narrator, and this movie also continues that tradition. So it has a storybook opening with a narration along with it. Yeah, and some of the premise of this one is kind of weird, but I mean, you kind of got to buy into that because Disney, fairy tale story, all that kind of thing. Um, but so she's born, the fairies start to bless her, Maleficent shows up and curses her, and then the last fairy gives her like a counter blessing so that she doesn't die. She'll just fall asleep if it happens. But basically, if she gets pricked on a spinning wheel before she turns 16, she will die. Or now that she's been kind of counter cursed or counter blessed she will fall asleep and in reaction to this king stefan burns all of the spinning wheels in the whole country essentially (laughs) and this is where i start to have a problem with this movie not it's not all of the premise right there's there's premise and it's fairy tale and we have to buy into it because that's what it is if you burn all the spinning wheels in your country that is going to be so bad at an macroeconomic level. Like, you think about the economic consequences for your countrymen. You are not hurting yourself. You are hurting the peasants. Like, this is a feudal system. 
You have responsibilities for those people, King Stefan. You can't just do this to them. You are devastating their textile industry. How are they going to provide for themselves? You want a peasant to just not be able to spin their own cloth and textiles to make clothes? Like, your imports are going to go way up. Your exports are going to go way down. You have to think if you are the ruler in these fantasy kingdoms. And Katie, I just... He's the bad guy. He's the real bad guy in this. This is this is like a replay of the full meltdown you had over text message, which is hilarious. I felt like I didn't melt down as much about this one as Snow White. Snow White broke me. This one, I just have a lot of questions. Yeah, you just you had a lot of problems with this on like an economic level on how things work in a kingdom that's supposed to like take care of its people and they were clearly not caring about them no and then i mean so a lot happens in this movie like the fairies adopt her which is kind of a strange play i don't know why they did that exactly it's never really explained uh Um, well they wanted to turn her into a flower because a flower can't prick its finger on a spinning wheel that was also an option so i guess this is the better option um but one of the other right so burning the spinning wheels i have some real problems with but then the other thing that i just don't understand what they were thinking at a fundamental level is you can't let her prick her finger before her 16th birthday and on her 16th birthday they're like oh we're gonna do a bunch of stuff to surprise her so they send her out unsupervised it's like you fairies you are almost at the finish line you are right there you've been watching her she's been your entire life for the last 15 years and 364 days and right when you're almost at the finish line you take your eye off the ball like why why katie why would you let her go unsupervised it's her birthday you're almost there watch her like a hawk that is all you do on that day i mean that's just like one of the many things that they made the mistake with like they were lucky because all of the little henchmen that maleficent had sent out looking for aurora had spent the last 15 years looking for a baby they were like home free like there was no way they were gonna find them because they'd been looking for a baby this entire time up until the fairy godmothers decided to i don't know get into a magic fight over a dress that should have been blue or pink and then all the magic just starts coming out of the out of the chimney and that's how they get found (laughs) yeah they cause all of their own problems like you had one job fairies like you just you were so close you were so close um but we get some of the things in this movie that we've seen like the tropes that we were talking about right singing at Mm -hmm. animals and i think it like reps those tropes really well like it owns them and it it does them better than snow white and better that we than we've seen elsewhere and there's a part where she's singing and dancing with a stranger in a forest. I mean, that part was kind of weird for me, but you like Prince Philip, so you should weigh in on that. Um, I just, I think it's really funny that, uh, well, one, she does better than Snow because she doesn't turn her animal friends into slave labor, True. which is what Snow White does. Um, and you had some very big questions about how the owl was floating without using its wings while it was inside of the cape and i did i you know with some of these movies you got to make your own fun and sometimes you just got to pick the things that you're going to fixate on and yeah yeah that owl owl was floating he couldn't have done that it doesn't the physics don't make sense you know it's just one of those things but uh what is it uh prince philip hears her singing out in the forest and he like ends up convincing his horse to like go his horse had a very like um 
Pegasus. Like, you know, Pegasus, like how Pegasus yeah. never listens to Hercules. I know that movie's like much later on, but yeah. it has that same like animals have the, a mind of their own kind of thing like the horse does because he's like, I'm not going over there. But then he offers him like he bribes him with food, which yep. I mean, it works. He's a horse. And it does. like Prince Philip goes over there and she's like, you're a stranger. What are you doing? And he goes, no, I'm not a stranger. We've met once upon a dream. And I was like, no, that's creepy. <laughs> that's a bad line. That's a creepy line, Philip. That's just it's a weird thing. I mean, Prince Philip is adorable and I like love him very much. But like, it's a little creepy. He's little your knight in shining accessories. I know you like him. <laughs> knight in shining accessories. He is. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and then a lot of it kind of plays out the way you would expect. Like, there was a lot of the middle stuff where I was like, yeah, okay, it's it's the story. It's getting told. It wasn't doing a lot for me, but it was still better than Snow White. Um, one of the things I thought was kind of interesting, though, was near the end that Maleficent makes the classic villain mistake, and she monologues about her entire plan to literally the one and only person who can possibly foil the plan. Like... You drop the ball on that one, Maleficent. Did you like the gift that I the gifts that I sent you? Yeah, it's from Incredibles. It was Syndrome. It was like, oh, you sly dog, you've got caught me monologuing. It's so but true. It's a classic villain mistake where the villain will go to the one person who can foil their plan and just tell them the entire plan. All she was missing was like a PowerPoint, essentially. Like, yeah. I mean, that would get her up to modern day standards, just a PowerPoint and a projector and let her go to town. I mean, it really would. I mean, there's a lot of like classic, classic things that you end up seeing later on, too. Like how, what is it, Ariel? She's in love with Prince Eric, but she's like 16 and doesn't even really know him. It's the same. I have the same reaction now as an adult that I do to Ariel that I do, do to sleep to Aurora. And she's like, they're like, you're a princess. She's like, but I love him. Like her boyfriend, like the like the yeah. guy that she just met in this forest who she doesn't know his name. And I'm like, girl, you 16 you don't love him like no you don't know him it's been a day like less than a day so teenage hormones going rampant um (laughs) i mean that probably that gets us into the bad right so let's talk about the bad before we come back around to the good um you know there's stuff in this like the stereotypic the stereotypical like the sexist gender roles we talked about that and it's prevalent throughout all of the the princess movies like i don't think anybody's surprised by that but we should definitely mention it anytime it comes up um same thing as Snow White here, too. There's that, like, non-consensual kiss is a part of it also, which, again, bad and bad vibes all around. But, you know, yeah. it's it's part of Disney history, so you got to acknowledge it. Um, one of the things that I noticed was, does the, it's more of a question, I don't think the queen has a line of spoken dialogue. Does she? She has one. Okay. Because, like, they, they took away her daughter, and the movie just kind of, completely sidelines her and it feels like she has no agency whatsoever she says one line at the beginning of the movie when um you know when they like let maleficent curse their child oh yeah when they just let her do that without trying to stop her at all yeah i I remember she like picks up the baby she picks up baby aurora and says oh no that's the extent of her (laughs) okay um and then I, the other thing was, I don't understand uh, Maleficent's motivation. And, like, I understand it's a fairy story. You don't need a lot of motivation. But, like, why is Maleficent the bad? Well, she's the bad guy because she cursed her. But, like, why does she hate Snow White or that kingdom or any of that? I don't feel like it was ever explained. <laughs> you mean Aurora, not Snow White. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, it all blends together. Oh, yes, but Aurora. Um, There is no explanation. 
Uh, maybe it's because she didn't get an invitation to the fancy party. Yeah, you should invite the evil sorcerers that live near you. Sorceresses. Sorcerer I, I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess uh, the live action Maleficent goes into more detail behind why Maleficent has such a problem with the kingdom. Because I know that in that version, she is friends with Aurora. I don't know. I've actually never seen Maleficent, so I can't really like comment on it. But okay, well, we'll get to it. I mean, hey, it's yeah. part of the project. We'll get there eventually. Yep. Um. So let's end on the good because we like to end on the good. What was the good in this one for you, Katie? Um, Prince Philip, not the kiss part, <laughs> but just like Prince Philip in general. Yep. Um, <laughs> but my one of my favorite lines in in probably like most animated princess movies it's because i love the fairies so much because they're so sassy and they just like mess with each other a lot but meriwether you know how like meriwether is having her is having uh flora put the dress on her that she's making yeah and meriwether goes it looks awful and and without missing a beat flora goes that's because it's on you dear (laughs) (laughs) just the level of shade is just so much so much goodness coming out of this movie just because these yes. fairies are so sassy so good. no that was really good i did like the sassy fairies a lot um yeah. on top of the sassy fairies i i think in general it's just it's not as bad of a movie as i thought it would be i went in with really low expectations after snow white and this exceeded that granted they were still low expectations but this movie was better than i thought it would be um it is like leaps and bounds ahead of snow white which is great the one thing that really stuck out to me is just like you know, no question actually really good about this movie was it was kind of a combination of like the animation, but also just the way that the landscapes and the backdrops and everything work together. The scenes look fantastic. Like you could take so many different stills from this movie and on a 4K modern day screen, they still just look absolutely amazing. So that was kind of the one thing that blew me away with this one. I will say that um, I was pretty impressed that because this is based on a I can't remember if it's a Hans Christian Andersen or a Grimm's fairy tale uh, that Sleeping Beauty is, but they were able to take a super dark story and transition it into being something not like that. Because if you read the original story, like how Aurora gets woken up from being asleep is not great. (laughs) It's so (laughs) much worse. Read it, but. I'm glad that they modified it. I mean, it better. Yeah. No, they made it. They made it better because I'm going to tell you, it's pretty bad. I'm not going to say what it is. People can read it for themselves because it's pretty. It's pretty awful. But yeah, some uh, fairy tales are actually super dark. Yeah, they did a great job at like taking something super dark and turning it into not that. Good. Okay. Cool. Uh, So to wrap this one up, what's what's our rating? What's your rating, Katie? Uh, One Prince Philip. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That sounds. That's about right for you. I'm going to give this, my rating, is thousands of unintended economic consequences. Because <laughs> you got to think these things through if you're a ruler. You have responsibilities. Um, okay, if you guys, if you want to watch along with us <laughs> and make Katie laugh like this, uh, what's next on the docket? We have uh, Enchanted next week from 2007, which if you guys haven't seen this, Katie and I have both seen this many times. We both really like this one. It is completely a send-up 
playing off all of the tropes that we've just talked about for Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. It's taking that and reframing it through modern day eyes. And it is it's funny and it's amazingly well done if you have the context behind it. So if you've never watched Enchanted, I highly recommend watching that one. Um, But that's from 2007. And then we're going to do a couple from the 50s. We just kind of picked a few. Go back in the catalog. Um, We're going to try 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and Davy Crockett. So 20,000 Leagues is from 1954 and Davy Crockett is from 1955. I know nothing about either one of those. So I'm going to discover them as we watch them. Same. I don't know anything about either of those movies either. So yeah, it's kind of I mean, this is nice. You know, we're kind of picking almost at random but we want to make sure that we're excited about them in some way so some of these we're discovering for the first time and some of them it's like we both love enchanted it's going to be fun because we both like that movie (laughs) yes yeah um so don't forget we're part of the geek geek podcast network media network it's a media network these days but we have podcasts we have streamers we have a geekery blog you can find all of that at geek2geekmedia.com and if you go to geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe you can get it all sent directly to you so you don't even have to hunt it down it comes right to you um and then we always like to end with everything on the network we try to do a little bit of weekly geekery so katie and i both have other podcasts that we're on katie's on tea time with katie and chelsea i'm on geek to geek with bj keaton um so instead of diving deep on our weekly geekery we do a very surface level here where we just pick a couple things thumbs up thumbs down so katie what's your uh, weekly surface level geekery here um well i have a sister who works at disneyland and i also have friends that work at disneyland obviously because i used to work there um but i got to go to the rise of the resistance cast preview which is going on up until the attraction opens on friday at least here in california and If you have the opportunity to go on this ride, do it. I don't care how long the wait is. Do it. It's worth it. It's amazing. It was one of the best rides I've ever been on. I'm super jealous. I'm super jealous. It looks amazing. Yeah, I sent you a bunch of photos and stuff from inside the attraction because they actually let us take pictures. So so cool. It was amazing. Um, That's definitely a thumbs up, obviously, because it was so great. Um, And then this week they released the first of first part, like the first of many things they're going to be releasing as part of their come their new album. It's called a comeback. But for BTS, they released the comeback trailer called Interlude Shadow, and it was by Suga, and it was everything and more and beyond what I could possibly like have hoped for. So a big giant thumbs up for that. And I got invited to a wedding and I'm excited about it. And I was a little worried I wasn't going to get invited to the wedding. And I don't know why I thought that, but I got invited. At least I got to save the date and I can't wait. And it's like next month. So I'm like really, really excited. Sweet. Good. I'm glad. Sounds like a good thing to get. Yes. Um, For me this week, I've been messing around with Xbox Games Pass some more. Um, I've been picking away at the Master Chief Collection, which Haiti just getting Haiti, (laughs) which Katie, just for context, is like Halo. Um, So it has like every Halo game in it. Um, It gets kind of a thumbs middle from me because Halo... You know, it diving into it is kind of like a blast from the past for me because I played all these games as they came out and I love them in the moment. And now going back to them, I'm like, yeah, they're kind of just first person shooters. Like, I, I want the series to do something new. So that's like a thumbs middle. But if you want some Halo action, Master Chief Collection on Xbox Games Pass, there's a ton of Halo there for a very, very reasonable price. Um, and then I read a couple books this week. I read Dead Moon, which that's another one that's thumbs middle. Um, it depends what you're into. So this is like essentially space zombies on the moon 
And it's an interesting premise, but it turned into more of a horror book than I'm usually after. I don't really like horror as a genre. So thumbs middle for me. But if you're into horror, I would still recommend it because then it's more your type of book than mine. Um, and then I also read Starsight and Starsight gets a thumbs up for me. Starsight is sci-fi in a world very far in the future where um, humans and aliens are all over the galaxy and humans are the scourge that all the other aliens are afraid of. So we've been contained to these small planets where we're basically in prison and it's very very interesting this is the second book in the series and it's like a young adult sci-fi um i like it a lot so star sight gets a thumbs up for me can i just make a comment really quick when i read yeah. that it said master you put master chief collection for some reason for some reason i read that as master chef collection so i thought you're watching like master chef like the show no that would have gotten more of a thumbs up <laughs> master chef could be good no, I know. That's true. And I was just like, oh, he didn't like Master Chef that much. But apparently I can't read. Reading comprehension's not high on my list of things these days. <laughs> the trick, if you guys do want a Master Chef collection, go watch the Australia Master Chef because it's the best one. I have watched a lot of Master Chef in my time. And that's probably all I'll say about that for right now. Um, you guys can find us all over the internet. Our email address is disneyforeverpodcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at DisneyEverPod. And it makes you laugh every time. I that makes the why. name even better. That it makes you why. laugh. I love it. I'm the one like we made this up together and it makes me laugh every single time. But anyways, uh, you can also talk to us in real time by joining our Slack workspace or a Discord server. We'll have invite links for those in the show notes and stuff. Yep. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm also on the Geek to Geek podcast with BJ Keaton. <laughs> you just threw that in there. That's not written there. You can just throw stuff in there. Don't write it in right now. How dare you? Anyways, so I'm super active on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me using the handle at Lady Catherine P. I post about cats, K-pop, and coffee. And I'm on the on Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. And yes, another nice. podcast very soon after that. I'm excited for the new one, too. Uh, this has been Disney Forever with Katie and Void. We'll be back next week as long as Disney keeps making content. That can't be forever, right? It has to be because we need Prince Philip to come save us. Thank you.